So I'm going to go backwards a little bit to get us to where we are today. Now, you know, we don't always read our scripture, and in particular, the gospel in order. If we think about Epiphany and where we are now, we started off with the wise men coming and finding the baby Jesus being led by the star, and they've given him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then we go to the next Sunday in our readings, and it is Jesus' baptism. Jesus is being baptized by John in the River Jordan. He hears the voice of God. God says, this is my son, my beloved. In him all things are great. And then we say next week, and next week we jump to the last week we jump to the Gospel of John. And we are at the wedding in Cana, really Jesus' first miracle. And we understand, and what I preached about last week was about that that moment, that time was a gift of grace, of unbelievable, full, embodied, big grace that Jesus gave to that family and those guests, but also to us. And then today we're back in Luke, and Jesus is in the synagogue, but how did he get from there to here? Well, we miss a part. After he is baptized, he goes off into the wilderness for 40 days. And he has time to pray and to be and to be tempted and do all these things going on in the, in the wilderness. But he comes and he is filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to say he's kind of moving and shaking. He's got everything going on for him. He's at the top of his game. He's feeling good. And he comes back home. And people are starting to talk. And there's whispers, and there's people, it's like wildfire and gossip. It's going around from town to town. Oh, that, that kid Jesus, he's, he's going around and he's talking in synagogues, and man, he's great. And so now he finally gets home to Nazareth, and he's in the synagogue like he has been his entire life on the Sabbath. He's come to worship and pray with his community. And they didn't have a formal rabbi. They didn't have someone who was going to lead the reading of scripture formally each time. So it would be someone who either felt that they were called to read or were assigned to read or maybe an elder in the church, but it wasn't a main rabbi. And so he stood up, got the scroll, and opened it up. And he read from the prophet Isaiah, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because I've been anointed. And he goes through and he reads all of these things that he is to do as Messiah. This is his job description. To bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to, to let the year of the Lord be known, the Jubilee. That is his job description. And then he rolls it back up, and then he sits down. And when he sits down, he begins to preach his very first sermon. And the first thing he says is, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today. This day. And we have to think about that for a moment, because someone might say he's running over the words of the prophet Isaiah. He's kind of just bulldozing them. But he's not. He's allowing those words of the prophet to fully sink in and be a part of who he is and letting people know that this is what he is called to do and be in this world and that even though 
It's exciting to have Jesus there and to hear him. Man, they had to have been a little bit terrified because this good news that they were hearing was also kind of bad news. But then it was also good news. Sounds kind of tricky, huh? Good news, bad news, good news. It's sort of like me saying, hey, Carolyn, I forgive you. And you're like, oh, well, isn't that special? And then she starts thinking, I needed to be forgiven? Good news, bad news, good news. That's where Jesus is coming with us today, taking us on this journey. Because he's saying, I've come and I'm going to bring good news to the poor. But hey, what if I'm not poor? What am I going to get? Hey, I'm going to receive sight for the blind. Well, what if I'm not blind? What if I'm not captive? How will I go free? All these things that put us in tension with these words, with this idea, with the Messiahship, this good news. So I started to think a little bit more about that. What does that do for us? And for those of us that might not be poor or blind or oppressed or captive, well, it might not be in the way those terms are meant. It might be some other way. It might be, gosh, the, the list is endless, but it's how we come to the text. And you think about it, when Jesus was opening up that scripture, he was bringing it to life. And each and every time we read scripture, we too should bring new life to it. The reason we have a lectionary and we repeat it every three years, we're in year C. Next year will be year A, and then the year after that B, and then back to C three years from now. And we hear the same stuff over and over. It's because each and every time we come to scripture, we are different. I've preached that before and I'll continue to preach it. Every time we open up the good news and we hear it, we are different. So Jesus said, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Yes, the scripture has been fulfilled by our hearing it today. Because we have been made new by the good news. Each time we come to it, we'll be made new. Each time we hear it, will be a today. Today, our hearing has been fulfilled. This was Jesus' very first sermon. And I have to think that he was probably a little bit scared. All people who are preaching their very first sermon are frightened. They're thinking, am I saying the right word? Do they like me? Did I make a mistake? And the people listening are going, oof. Did we make the right decision? Has he made a mistake or she made a mistake? When we open ourselves as preacher and allow God's word to be present and the Holy Spirit to move through us and to enlighten our words, we have to call upon the good news of scripture to transcend all of that, to speak to our hearts and break them open and allow us to hear God's word in a way in which we are excited. Each time a preacher, whether it's me or Greg or Renee or any other priest that is here, stands before you, remember that. Remember how precious these words are because they are good news. Good news for you today and always.
May these words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen.